Non-rock-a-boatus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? Brett, delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. <laughs> she hung up on me. Yes! Yes! What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go in the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. I got, yeah. I got a bit of a jiggle neck. <laughs> That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of evil, murder, and I lost my link. There we go. Sorry. Sorry. Deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who do practice them, that would be Romans 1, 28 through 32. Welcome, everyone, to Apologia Radio. I'm very excited about today's show. And Isaac, you can unmute that. Hi, Joy. Hi. It's How's it just going? Joy and I today with a special it guest. Uh, Pastor Jeff's on, a, on sabbatical right now, and I'm very excited. This is a show I've been trying to schedule for a minute, but it's been hard to coordinate schedules with our guest because he's a very busy man and seems to be on the road 24-7. But all that to say, live from Kenosha, Wisconsin, on the crazy streets at the Rittenhouse trial is John Cooper. What's up, brother? How's it going, man? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. It's good to chat with you. I'm glad we uh, finally got it worked out. You've been hounding me for like six months i know it's been a while <laughs> it's all good i'm glad we were able to make it happen so uh, absolutely i played this song intentionally because it seems like somebody needs a hero that's true <laughs> lots of people need a hero and it, i love to hear it it's a good song still sounds good <laughs> yeah your face is a little bare in the video though i know i, I don't know who that is yeah yeah it's uh and me as, me as a young person, and, and now just, I don't even know what I look like under this thing. <laughs> I'm afraid to find out. <laughs> well, man, I'm excited, like I said, to have you back on. And I got to, I just got to say thank you publicly because, we, well, we got to meet, well, when was that, about a month ago? I don't even know how long ago. Yeah, was. four it's, weeks ago, probably five. Yeah. So you guys were here and Tempe and got to go and brought my girls and like you have like two new super fans so uh thanks to thanks to Corey and jen who took them on the tour bus and gave them bananas and cookies and they won them over very quickly so uh (laughs) 
<laughs> they are they they my oldest who just turned 11 listens to skillet like 24 7 though so i was gonna say the last time the last few times i've seen her she's been a little more like she's looking a little more like punk rock yeah she totally has like been. she's embracing that she totally sure. has yeah so thank you <laughs> i appreciate that yes yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, not not every parent would, but I will I will take that from you. Yeah, as a as a compliment. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, so the perfect family to be in. Yeah, it's perfect to be a Pearson if you want to be a little or yeah. a lot punk rock. I was how old? Was I? Probably eighteen when I hit that stage. So she's a little ahead of me. I'm Let's in. put it this way: I have seen a picture of Luke back in the day where he just basically had a little like yeah. chunk of red bangs. It was and the rest bleached. of his head was oh, it was bleached. It was bleached. Yeah. Did you ever have red hair? Why am I imagining that? I don't know. I had a red shirt on. <laughs> okay, maybe that's maybe it. that's what I'm you're getting my of. colors. But anyway, yeah. So no one else on this podcast has ever had bleached hair. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, when when you when rock music is involved, you have to have every color of hair. You have to have tried every color. How do you know which one you like the most? You got to try a whole bunch of different colors. <laughs> rock and roll. That's right. <laughs> so, anyways, just want to thank thank you guys and say how awesome you were, oh, and how sure. much we appreciated, it. and tell your wife and Jen how much my girls appreciated that. So, I think- I will. It was great. I I loved getting to meet. Uh, of course, you and and your family, and we also got to have uh, James White and uh, Kelly, and and I feel like some other people were there too from your church. And right now, I can't remember their names, but it was great getting to, to see yeah. people. Well, you summer know, people summer was there with her kids, yeah. Yeah, oh, of course, yes, mm-hmm. that's right, that's right. And yeah. uh, James's uh, son was there, mm-hmm. and um, it was just a great time to get to 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 meet face to face people that you know we we've texted. Yeah. We talked about theology. I've had questions. You sent me stuff to listen to here or there. Yeah. And great to hang out. And it was a great show. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. I forgot to tell you too. I don't know if you knew this. Uh I don't know if you remember when you were doing the Q and A before the show and there was the the buff dude with the like Jesus is Lord shirt or whatever. Do you remember? Yeah. You were like you were when they asked you about how much you ventured over, you're like, Not as much as Jesus is Lord guy. Yeah. Definitely. That's, your, that's one of your worship guys. Yeah, or something. yeah. He definitely goes to our church. I didn't even know he was there when you said that. I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, we he... got to meet before the. <laughs> I got to meet his family. Oh, uh, okay. Before the show, and you know those those kids because his his kids are musicians that yeah. I've seen the videos. So, oh. so James has sent me their videos of them playing, you know, some skillet songs, and they're really talented young people. And uh, so I was really thrilled to get to meet all, just everybody. It was it was wonderful. Praise the Lord um well speaking of heroes i we didn't plan this but i'm wearing a mandalorian shirt that says this is the way and then he's got the boba fett so i guess technically i have the hero shirt on but um we didn't plan that and so i was pretty excited when we both had you guys are like you this is the start of a legit bromance should i leave (laughs) should i leave the show (laughs) yeah it's uh you know it's uh you know cool people always uh kind of you know we like the same stuff yeah. And by that I'm I'm self-identifying as cool. So basically, you, you know, Star Wars, you know, metal, rock and roll, all these things are gonna be, you know, usually wrestling is involved, like WWE <laughs> and, and, and NASCAR. It's all kind of like in the pot, you know. Uh did you see the trailer for uh Boba Fett? No, the, I haven't, but what's it called? I, the Book of Boba Fett, I think. Did you see it? Uh, 
I think it's going to be a series on Disney Plus. It looks oh okay. It looks awesome. Is John Favreau doing that one too? Because I'll watch not, anything he's I didn't see doing. Was, I wouldn't be surprised if he is. Yeah, because it's probably tied into the Mandalorian. Right. But it looks. He's really like good. the new Lucas, but yeah. even better. Even better. <laughs> even way better. Um. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, so I was gonna. Uh, man, we get. I have a lot of directions I want to go today, if possible, but. Um. So while we're talking about music and stuff, so I work a couple directions we'll go here, but uh as you know, when you were here, I was had was supposed to have seen August Burns Red at the same theater you played at, which I'm actually they got postponed till the seventh of December. Uh but this is what I was gonna tell you because I knew this would get you fired up. So they had canceled like a bunch of shows because they came down with the Rona and stuff. Oh, okay. And so I, I just heard an interview with them the other day, their guitarist, and he was like, "Yeah, so not so they got twelve people in their crew," and he's like, nine out of, nine out of twelve of us came down with COVID, so we had to postpone six shows." And this is what's crazy, and he goes, uh, "And so the 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 nine out of twelve of us that got COVID were all vaccinated." And the, oh, wow. the three, the three people that didn't get COVID were not vaccinated, but already had it. Mm. And I'm like, you know, and they're just like, oh, so, you know, but, I'm, but now I feel good because I got the natural antibodies and everything. And I'm just like, guys, you've not seen this. <laughs> Are you not seeing what's happening here? And so I just, I was like, oh man, come on, come on people. Um, I'm so, glad we're acknowledging natural immunity, though. Yeah. Yes. Antibodies. Yeah. And I saw something the other day. It was uh, a, a college football coach came down with it and was missing a game or whatever. And because and, uh, he had, he tested positive and he's like, well, mm-hmm. but I'm thankful I got the vaccination. And I'm just like. <laughs> yeah, I saw an article. Come on. You know, I saw an article that was like, man wishes he had been vaccinated because it would have not been as bad. Yeah. Which he doesn't really know, like just based off of the headline, you don't yeah, know right, exactly. how it would have been. Um, but yeah, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, it's a crazy time because it's a uh, there's like a collective, like mind losing, you know, like <laughs> it's true. It's like the whole country yeah. is we've lost our minds, and I've tried to be. Um, I mean, I'm in ge- in general, I think I'm a fairly gracious person, or I try to be. Uh, where it's like, hey. I, I really don't care, Luke, if you get the vaccine right. or not. Right. I, I And I don't know if you care if I get it. doesn't matter to me. We, we, there's certain things that you can make a choice. But there's been this collective mind just, I mean, people gone crazy. Yeah. I expect, I fully expect like half the country to be, you know, eating grass and, and, yeah. and uh, like Nebuchadnezzar right. you know, pretty soon. Right. And w- what's really weird to me is that I've been speaking out about you know my faith in christ in the uh, sorry not in the christian music in the mainstream music well maybe in the christian as well (laughs) (laughs) desperately trying to get the christian band saved (laughs) if we can uh you know but yeah i've been speaking out for christ for 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 a long long time in the mainstream world now let's be honest not everybody in the mainstream world is nuts about that they don't necessarily love hearing about jesus but but they have always put up with me some have supported me even, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you what, the most kickback I have ever received ever for my faith has been on my my stance uh, on vaccine mandates and mask mandates. Wow. 
it, it is as if I just uh, like the un the unforgivable sin. And I, I said to my wife, I said the amazing thing that it shows to shows me is that it it, it wasn't the gospel quote wasn't the gospel of Christ that made them really really angry. Meaning Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father unless they come through Him. And a lot of people didn't love that message, but they can deal with it. But they will not deal with you speaking out against the state. Yeah, They will not deal with it. I mean, what you're really witnessing is an actual, you've spoken against their God. Exactly like, right. you, you have, you, you did not bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's idol of gold. Right. And it is the one thing you're not allowed to do. Uh, it's just been really amazing to me. So a lot of the bands, I'm just thinking of this because you're talking about bands, they just don't know what to do. And, and when I say they, I mean, I, I, I mean, we're in there too. We just don't know what to do because you, you're in an, an entertainment industry that is largely driven by social media yeah. and, and media at large. And you're not allowed to speak anything against, uh, I mean, you get rage against the machine telling people that if they don't get a vaccine, you, you know, like rage against the machine has become the machine. Yes, right. That's so ironic. It's, it's crazy. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm the revolutionary oh, here. Oh my goodness. I'm the revolutionary and rage against the machine is just government rock now. Right. You know? And so I don't know. My, my older brother made up the term government rock, which I find pretty awesome. I like that. I think it's pretty great. It's a great way to scoff at someone. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there you go. No, I appreciate that. I mean, it's just, it's like we're back in the first, uh, first generation of Christianity. Like, you know, yeah. we're not saying Caesar is Lord. And like you said, we're the revolutionaries because we're like, uh, no, uh, Jesus is Lord. So <laughs> not going to not going to bow to anyone else. Sorry. Um, it's so weird, isn't it? I, yeah. I, I do think it is like a collective mind, a mind loss. And whether we get into this you know, more or not, I eventually I have to imagine. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not predicting the future, but I have to imagine eventually that that people will get so crazy and it will get so dumb that, that finally everybody goes, okay, all right, we've had, we've had enough. This is just unworkable. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I mean when I say people are eating grass and staring up at the, at the moon, like Nebuchadnezzar, eventually you're like, okay, this is, this is crazy. Who knows if, and when that'll happen. But I have to imagine in the arc of history, at some point it will happen. People will realize what, what's gone on and, and we'll write books about how dumb we were, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, this is why, this is why I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm a post-millennialist because <laughs> right. I can think long-term and I don't know if you happen to catch, uh, James, uh, Dr. White just did the, another sweater vest dialogue with Doug Wilson. And that was one of their, their points of conversation was, uh, and I loved what Doug said, but and I've I've kind of been saying similar things, but it's just like right now it's like um, clearly our nation's under God's judgment, right? Like there's no doubt about that. Um, and even within the church, it's like God's blowing the chaff away within the church and revealing who the true faithful Christians are. And within history, I think you're right. Like that's like this period we're in right now will just be like a little blip. Like like people will look back and be like. Can you believe what they did, you know? And and so like I, I forget the analogy Doug used, but basically he's like if 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 you ever played like a football game where the or any sporting event and like the team you're playing against starts like playing against each other, 
like that's what we're that's what we're witnessing is you know the the team we're up against they're starting to fight and they're gonna eventually fall apart and i keep saying that you know i think we'll outlive and our kids and grandkids and great-grandkids will outlive this nonsense because we're the ones reproducing we're the ones you know that are being faithful with families and not murdering our children and adopting and stuff like that and you know not being homosexual so um you know we'll eventually outlive this it may take 100 years or so but that's why it's so important to have a long-term view of of history Mm. yeah i I absolutely know what you mean and i I would say yeah it it seems to me again um along the lines what you're saying that 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 is the rewards of, of the, I guess you say the blessings of the covenant and, and Deuteronomy, right? Mm. You do these things and because you, you are, are in the flow of God's design, you're in the flow of his covenant, this is what pleases God. And when you do them, you are going to thrive. And I, and I have to just think, yes, we have a battle plan. It's called keeping the law of God. Yeah. And if we do that, even if this period of time we're in now, even if it lasts a long time, eventually the blessings of God will be so evident in the church yeah. and in people that the world wakes up to what is going on. I Amen. mean, I think that's a little bit of a piece of what you're saying as well. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Were you going to say something, Joy? No, oh, you look like you were going to say something. Um, so, so basically what you're saying is that you haven't deconstructed. <laughs> yeah no I, I definitely not deconstructed but i'm always happy to talk about deconstruction whenever, whenever you want to I'm oh Give my me goodness a i Give so okay so just to say it on the music theme so i've talked a lot about the labeled podcast on here uh-huh. the, the history of tooth and nail and all that's where i heard that august burns art interview and stuff so uh i've tried really hard to get them like engaged with us and like people that like I know in the industry that have connections and all that stuff. And like, you know, in regards to theology and all that stuff. And like, it's just been like crickets and I've been Mm -hmm. like, I cannot figure out what the heck is going on. So anyways, recently, so, um, the, the host of labeled, uh, he's the guitarist for the band Emery and, uh, he, he recently, yeah. And he, he had Mm. the bad Christian podcast. If you remember that, I don't think it exists anymore. Okay. Um, and, uh, Matt, Oh, totally lost his last name. Anyways. Um, he he recently was talking about how he deconstructed and then I've noticed a theme lately in a lot of their episodes where like I they had Aaron Sprinkle on this last week who is like a just really like important producer within like Tooth and Nail Records and all that stuff. Do you know who Aaron Sprinkle is? Yeah. Oh uh, yes, of yeah. course. So then he's kind of saying the same things like deconstructing all this and it's I've noticed a theme recently and I've just been like come on like it just annoys the heck out of me. And, uh, you know, they're saying stuff like, oh, it's so freeing, you know, I can just, you, I can be free and like talk about these things and, you know, and, and, uh, I can, I can look at the things of Bible of the Bible and, you know, appreciate the good things that Jesus said and just, and I'm just like, oh my goodness gracious, you guys like have just become meaningless, you know, they just have, and you can get obviously they have no no objective standard anymore it's just well yeah some things jesus said were really cool and really great and you know and i can love people but you know I'm, that's stuff about like homosexuality or whatever you know like whatever it is whatever flavor of jesus that they don't like <laughs> they can just say well 
I've deconstructed, so I don't need to hold to that anymore. Well, John, I actually have a question um, that that kind of brings up. Uh, probably most people who are listening right now have not lived extended periods of time on the road and then like been home. So obviously your experience is not what everyone's is going to be, but what does like discipleship and church attendance and stuff look like when you're out when you're like not in one place? Sure, sure. Well, maybe I could tie, I might tie that question in a little bit with what Luke was saying. Right. Um, but but I want to, before I do, I should be clear that I don't know Aaron Sprinkle. I, I know who Aaron Sprinkle yeah, is, yeah. of course, because right. yeah. was so big. So I have some things to say about that, but they are not out of personal sure. knowledge. Okay? Sure. And they are huge generalizations, except that you're you're saying you listen to something yeah. and you're specific. But I think last time I was on Apologia Radio, I believe we talked about this, Luke, and I was saying that when I was first coming into the Christian market, that I had that experience where I met a lot of Christian rock bands or not just, I shouldn't say Christian rock, Christian bands, contemporary rock, whatever. And I did notice that there really wasn't, there really was not an excitement about the idea of living your faith for Christ maybe in theology, we we might want to call that lordship or holy living, sanctification, whatever you want to call it. There wasn't an excitement that Jesus Christ not only saved me, but he gave me a brand new heart. And now my job is to live by his laws. Mm -hmm. That's my job. And that's not only my job, that's what I want because the Holy Spirit has come in my heart and the Holy Spirit not only gives me the capability to live by his laws, but it gives me a desire to love what he loves and to hate what he hates. That was not evident in, in Christian music. And so as a huge generalization, as you say, what you just said about th- that movement of to the nail, that's just not surprising because a lot of what, in general, a lot of what those bands were clearly all about, even when I met them, they were always supportive of, of basically moral anarchy. Yeah. They, they were never... They were never interested, uh, again, it's a huge generalization. No, I understand, yeah. A lot of them were never interested in being, I want to live by the law of God, and that and that's what is good. So what you have basically is is are basically a lot of people who believe in God, mm-hmm. and, and they believe that they need a Savior, whether that is literal or not. They, they need something to lift them up. You yeah. know what I mean? I need something to get me in a better place maybe not a savior to literally atone for the sins in my life that have earned me the wrath of God. So that it's kind of like one of the reasons I think the church is here, as you just said, the football team that's fighting, fighting itself right now, which is, it's amazing to me to see so many Christians on the wrong side of what is happening in, in, in our earth right now to see Christians actively promoting church closures because of COVID actively right. promoting segregation in churches for whoever has a vaccine what's wrong with these people right. christians actively promoting rioting actively promoting burning things down because the rittenhouse trial doesn't go the way they want it as you see this happening what you, i think what is really bringing up um it, it, it is is this distinction of who believes in the law of god and who just believes in general that God is real? Because mm-hmm. those are two different things, man. So I, I think that that's important. And when I look at, at Skillet, 
to go to the question that Joy is asking. I think that what Skillet has had that is really truly wonderful and that I, I try to talk about all the time is that Skillet is a part of an, a church, like a local expression of the body of Christ that we call a church, if that's the right word. And I have leaders in my life. I have spiritual authority in my life. And I have elders and pastors and brothers and sisters. And we're not just an island going to do our own thing. Right. Um, spreading, <coughs> what's the word? Spreading positivity. I put that in air quotes. Yeah. Not just spreading a positive message about a God who loves people. It, it's more than a positive message. It's the truth of Christ. Yes, who loves people and wants to redeem you that you would repent and be born again. Yeah. So I think that that is big. What church looks like for skill on the road. It, it, I will say when we're on the road, it is not, it is not, um, it's not like every Sunday we go to a church right. when we first started touring, we would go to a church on the road because it felt like the right thing to do, but it just didn't work for lots of reasons, which I won't say. So we did begin sometimes having our own church, if you will, we would, you know, sing songs together, especially when my kids were little, we'd worship together and we would talk about scripture or this that, and the other. Now it's more of an issue of we can, because of the internet, we can watch, mm. I can watch my own church online if I want to, you know, so we didn't have that sort of streaming available all those years ago, but now we do. And so now there's so much great uh, uh, information, teaching, theology, my own church will stream online. We can do worship together as a family or, or as a band online, things like that. But I think one of the things that Skillet had going for us different was that we had a passion. We had a passion, not just for Christ, but for his people, yeah, for his kingdom, which is a, a, a actually a really big deal. And I think a lot of bands don't have that sort of understanding of the, of the scriptures or, or maybe they don't care or maybe they never had anybody teach that or they've never experienced the life of the church. So they don't know, you know, what they're missing. Yeah. You want to follow up or is it? Uh, I think uh, I imagine that I, and I just think about this right now as we're talking about it. I imagine a lot of these bands that we're talking about, you know, that meet like in a youth group or, you know, just the, they're young kids growing up in a Christian home or grew up in the church or whatever, and they form a band and stuff. And then, I mean, obviously God's sovereign and saves those he's, he wants to save and everything. But I imagine a lot of these bands, like I didn't, I hadn't even thought about that. So I'm glad you asked that question, Joy. Like I bet they get start going on the road. They start touring They get away from their families. They get away from the church and accountability. And then next thing you know, they're like, you know, abandoning Christ. And well, and and there's it, such a built sense. in culture yeah. already in the entertainment industry it and it's not a culture where you're going to be discipled or you're going to have any authority you're going to be taught you're you're going to be taught an authority and it's not going to be god yeah so i mean I, it's it's actually difficult a really great point that you just made i think that i think that people like the reform folks um tend to get this in my view better than other christians of other you know um tribes or whatever you want to call it the reform people understand this this myth of neutrality much better than than other streams i think in, in, in certain other streams there can be the the notion of of that there are neutral areas you know maybe maybe the music business is just a neutral area and you can use it for good or you can use it for bad or you can just kind of do your thing and christ doesn't have to come into that that specific area mm. The reform folks know that there is no such thing as, as a neutral area. Everything belongs to Christ. Right. And anything not surrendered to Christ 
of course, is going to be chaos. As you know, Luke, you did yes. a sermon on that. Christ or chaos. The Reformed people get that so well. What happens is that a lot of Christian musicians go out into the music industry and they're basically like, oh, it, it's a neutral area. What they do not understand is that the entertainment world is absolutely under the Lord, under the lordship of, of chaos mm. and in terms of the, from the world's point right. of view. It is actively warring, actively warring against everything that Christ stands for. Yeah. I mean, it is moral anarchy. I mean, it, it, they are, that side is of the belief, much like the sexual revolution of the 60s. It's of the belief of the only reason that we're not happy is because Christianity or other forces want to, you know, it, keep us chained up in this repression of our sexuality. Mm. And it, that's the reason that we don't have freedom. If we had utter freedom, if we could throw the shackles off of all sexuality and and just live a, a, as sexual animals, then that would actually make us really happy. And and they they not only believe that, they praise it. They praise chaos, yeah. right? That, that radical revolution. And the whole, the, the whole industry is... is is governed by that. And so I think Christians are, are naive to think, well, maybe just because I have the, the brand Christian band or even Christian music industry, that, that, those, that those aspects are going to be not at play. And that is naivety. It is absolute naivety and a misunderstanding, mm. I think, of Scripture yeah. and, and the war at hand. So that's a really good point that was mm. made. No, I appreciate that a ton. Um, so I just... <laughs> I just saw a couple of questions pop up for you in the in the in our live chat. I'm I'm gonna tell you right now. You don't have to answer these. You can laugh at the first one. I'm gonna read to you because it's hilarious. Uh, someone wants is asking about your Illumin, Illuminati symbols all over all over your albums or something. <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had people. I, the only reason I know what Illuminati is yeah. is because people will be like. Why do you have Illuminati symbols? And I'm yeah. like, what is a so. I, well, I now John, to... that sounds like something someone in the Illuminati would say. I'm just gonna... <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same with QAnon. QAnon, you know, yeah. like whenever I whenever I make a, a stance about something political, I'm accused of being QAnon. In fact, when I said that I wouldn't play any concerts that were vaccine mandate and vaccine only. Yeah. People, you know, people on the, my fans on the left were like, I knew you were queuing on. And I'm oh like, oh, now I got to look up another thing. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I mean, he, here's what I would say. I, I, I find this kind of so frustrating, obviously. Yeah. I, I love the fact that Christians care, right? I love the fact that Christians care about what's going on and, care about righteousness and let's let's talk about ethics that glorify god let's talk about his law i love that they care but man people get legalistic in the weirdest stuff yeah they, they legalistic about a triangle on a record i've heard i've heard people say if you look on this album there's a triangle and i look at them like hey that's not even a triangle <laughs> three sides but but even if it did it's a triangle but they get legalistic about the weirdest stuff. So I never spend any time defending it. I never defend myself. I never say, no, it's not. It's this and this and this. <laughs> I just let those people go about their business. I, I kind of view them like Jesus viewed. Remember when, when the disciples were like, Jesus, that other guy's baptizing people yeah. over there. You know, and Jesus is like, eh, you know, let them do their own thing. Yeah. 
that's how I view it. If if you think skill is Illuminati, don't listen. <laughs> You're missing out on really good music, and it would really pump you up. But feel free to not listen. That's um, all that I. I I'm laughing because we. I, you, I know you can't see us, but you know we have the our radio logo behind us that has a tricetra in it, and literally every show we do, someone's like, "Why do you have pagan symbols?" <laughs> And it's just no matter how many times we say it's not a pagan symbol and explain it, they they don't want to hear it. So I, I was laughing when I saw that. But the next question, and if I can answer this for you if you want, because I know we've been talking about this. But someone someone right after that said, "I heard John was part of the Seven Mountain Mandate." A seven? Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> because it's just like I, the post millennials. Remember, you had asked me about this about a couple, a couple weeks ago, and so I was explaining to you the difference between this. Uh, the kind of the apostolic seven mountain thing and the difference between that and post-millennialism. I don't, I don't think that was me. It wasn't you. I don't, I, let me you that. I, I may have, I can't, I, I don't remember calling it seven mountain because I don't quite know what that, I, I, what that refers to. There's so, a, a, no, yeah, there's another name that goes by, which I'm completely blanking on right now. I'll go ahead and answer this for you. Um, so no, John does not believe in the seven mountain mandate. Uh, he's a post millennialist. So the difference between the two is essentially, um, so seven seven mountain thing comes a lot like from Bethel, Reading, and stuff. Um, and this, the the idea is that there's there's seven mountains within culture that we have to um, overcome that we have to like take dominion over in the name of Christ and then his kingdom will be ushered in. That's kind of the, the idea of, of what that is. And, uh, it's the literally the reverse of post-millennialism because we're saying, uh, no, Christ's kingdom is already here. Christ is ruling and reigning. And, um, we, we Christ's kingdom will eventually take over everything. Um, you know, and, and Christ will return when, uh, everything's put under his feet, the last being death. So it's literally the reverse of that. But, um we often get um we often get criticized saying that that's what we're teaching and it's because they're similar but like I, reversed in similar ways you know what i mean so but bo both have to do with uh the the kingdom of god yeah. on earth and both have to do with every dominion belonging to christ yes. but maybe it's a difference and yeah so i can't even answer that because i don't i'm not really aware of it so, <laughs> so, so whoever said that i'm not saying they're they're lying maybe i said something once that gave them a feeling of something i'm not really sure but i won't answer i'll leave it at that yeah well <laughs> i i'm fine answering for you no the answer is no so uh. it's also totally <laughs> just you know for if anyone cares it's totally uh, a great thing to just be gracious in your assumptions. So even if you hear someone say something that you think might mean X, Y, and Z, unless they've explicitly said that they believe that, yeah. then it's just better to be gracious in your assumptions and yes. not assign people uh, beliefs that they aren't even totally right. <laughs> aware exist. Exactly right. <laughs> it's totally good. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, while we're still talking about music, why don't you take a moment to promote your new album, which is coming out soon? Yeah, I would love to. So the new record is called The Seven Mountain Mandate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are there so, lot and lots oh, of Oh, someone's going to take that. You're done. You're seven, done. Someone's going to take that clip in. <laughs> seven triangles on the album cover. Too, right? <laughs> but all the triangles come together to make a giant. It's like Voltron. <laughs> right. 
which Voltron, a V is a little bit like a triangle if you think right, about it. Right, you're right. It's like a anyway. two-sided triangle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I, again, I'm not making fun of anybody. I, yeah, I'm not really uh, aware. But the record is called Dominion, actually. Yeah. And, um, and hey, it could be the case that I've said something in the past that was confusing about Dominion. But I'm so very excited about the record. Sometimes, I mean, look, when you're making art, you, you hope that, or when you're preaching, say, if you're preaching a sermon or writing a book or, or whatever, you, you hope that God is leading you in what you are to say, right? You hope that, that, that you have a, a message that is timely, that, of course, is, uh, what's the word, um, uh, f- hopefully full of the word of God, mm. right? It's consistent with scripture. But there are certain things in a, in a moment in time that are more timely than others. And you can sometimes have that feeling and like maybe if you're getting ready for a sermon or, or maybe if you read a great book when you're like, oh my gosh, this book was so timely. I feel like that this album is timely in that way. And that's not to say that it's absolutely utterly different than any other songs we've had in the past. We had a record in 2013 called Rise. Mm. Rise is a record that if I wrote it right now, I would actually think it was probably more timely now than it was even in 2015 because it was also talking about the same rise and revolution. That's what that song was about. Uh, uh, Album, excuse me. So that being the case, you hope that God is, is kind of, you know, pumping this music full of time, the word that is timely for today. I feel that this record is like that. It is, if people have been listening to me on Cooper stuff or read my book or heard me on Apologia Radio, then, and if you like what I'm saying, you probably will hear those messages in, in, in the album. It's a very in your face. The lyrics are very much about standing up for what you believe in, uh, not being silent, which is a really important thing right now, because mm. even within Christianity, I mean, everybody would always say, don't be silent about the gospel. But even within Christianity, there are things that we, I think we should not be silent about right now that, that are gospel related, such as the government should not be coming in and closing down our churches. Right. That, that is, it's wrong, right? It is outside of their purview. And they are stepping out of their sphere of sovereignty, and and they are, uh, in in that sense, they are usurping the authority of Christ, right? Well, that is something that we should not be silent about. But there are a lot of Christians that would point to me or you, Luke, and and Joy, and Apology, and say, actually, you guys don't need to be saying what you're saying because you're being overly, what's the word, aggressive, maybe? Mm. Or overly, like, all you're doing is stirring people up, and that's not what it's about. Yeah. So in these songs that we're that we have, it's not just saying that I won't be silent about the gospel. It's saying I won't be silent about what the gospel demands. Hmm. And I think that that's an important distinction because a lot of Christians think the gospel is nothing more than Jesus died on a cross. Yeah. But the gospel is more than that. The gospel is repent that you would be born again and that the Holy Spirit through the word of God would teach you how to live according to his statues. So those kind of messages are in the record. Um, The song Dominion, which is the title track, of course, is the most anti-establishment song we've ever written. Not everybody's going to know what the song means, (laughs) but, you know, maybe they take it in this way or this way, but people who are of like mind as all of us, and probably a lot of people listening to the, the broadcast right now, 
I think that they will know what it means. You know, the yeah. second verse, second verse of the song says, um, uh, let me find, let me think of my lyrics real fast. All right. Uh, colliding. <laughs> here's what it says colliding chaos. And that chaos is a reference to the binary choice, Christ or chaos. All right. Gotcha. Colliding chaos, pre-programmed robots, no descent allowed at all. A 40 foot golden idol. Oof. It's not your place. I'll never bow down to the power state. Death will not dominate. So if you understand what we're talking yeah. about, what we're saying is this. If Christ is not the Lord, then chaos will rule mm. and chaos will lead to death. And and so people that like what we like, they're going to know what we're talking about. And I hope it encourages Christians to be bold in their faith yeah. and, and, to, and, and to stand up with strength, you know, that confidence in the word of God. That's what I hope. Man, I'm very excited for that. When is, uh, when does that album drop? January 14th. Right. Uh, the second single just came out. Yep. It's called, uh, no, you, you texted me and told me that you listened to it and your, your new punk rock daughter is liking it, which I love. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the song is called standing in the storm. And, and you can even hear it. In, in the lyrics of that, you know, I think the, uh, the B verse of the first verse says time to be de time for me to be defiant. Cause I won't, um, cause I won't be silent when I suffer slinging shots at Goliath going to call down fire, rain and thunder. Oof. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That feels like a message for today. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're not just being defensive against Goliath. We are the ones coming on, coming onto the battlefield. Yeah. We may have just been teenagers. We were just out there, you know, with those few sheep. And we came in and we said, hey, who is this uncircumcised dog yep. who speaks against the armies of the living God? That's this is our time to say that. Oh, man, I'm fired up now. Uh, yeah, actually, I'm going to play uh, Surviving the Game at the end. Uh, just, you know, but uh, that's actually my my well, almost seven year old should be seven on Saturday. Uh, that's her favorite song. She told me so. Woo! Yeah, I love it. I like that one because you get a little aggressive with the vocals in it. We get a little. Bit, I know you like that metal. I saw you with that metal shirt on. Yeah, we and your and your wife. Yeah, yeah. She was rocking. I think she's wearing Norma Jean. I had it. It was Norma Jean. Yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, okay. I get a good, pretty good idea of what you guys are about. <laughs> I know it's funny when I was at your show because I I was telling I forget who I told, but uh, I was I think it was Carmen I was talking to, and I was just like. It was like a different. It was a different crowd than when I usually because I've been to Marquee a bunch and like it's a different crowd than I'm used to. Uh, you know, going to shows there. You know, nobody was throwing punches and kung fu oh, kicks yeah. and there was no mosh pits and <laughs> nobody was, was kung fu fighting. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> yes, we got him going um so yes check that album i'm i'm very excited to hear dominion specifically that's i'm very excited uh so anywho were you gonna say anything on those lines okay so oh, i'm just trying to figure out how i want to end the show here uh we got about 15 minutes left so it's just good it's good to hear that people are writing good quality yeah oh totally yeah i mean it's there's definitely uh well maybe there's not as much of a market as there should be but we're here yeah. listening that's and appreciating right. it that's right <laughs> and it'll just grow that's, that's right. what we know so <laughs> yeah well i i do appreciate it. i mean obviously you've been so just bold in your lyrics over was it 30 years 
Has it been that long? Not that long. But 25. Almost. 25, yep. 25th year. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Woo. And, uh, yeah, I know. Um, I'm just I'm, – I'm thankful, and, and I think this is a good example of I, – I say this a lot, but I feel like like Christians just need someone to lead. They just need someone to be bold and, and brave and courageous and not cower to the 40-foot idol you're talking about. Like, just just lead by example, and the fact that you've done that and, and people still stream your songs like none other, literally, like, is amazing, and I praise God for that. And so I know we talked a little bit when I, when I saw you at that show. It Like, I'm thankful for the platform that God's given you because um, people listen, and you're just like – I just love the fact you're like, I don't really care if you like this or not. This is what needs to be said. And mm -hmm. people are listening. And so keep it up. That's great. Well, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm so thankful that there are so many. So I know I told you this when, when we were hanging out, there are so many voices rising up saying very similar things, you know, for, uh, yeah. for, for the most part. <laughs> and man, 10 years ago, I, I didn't even know there was any voices. I, I, I didn't even know where to find out about them. Yeah. And now that I keep, you know, my, my world keeps opening up and I keep getting, meeting people of like mind. Some of these people don't believe everything that I believe. Um, and, uh, you know, even me and Apologia, we don't agree on everything. Um, uh, some of the people I've met that I've been really thankful for are uh, not Calvinists. You know, they're Arminian, but they are passionately preachers yeah. of the gospel of Christ. And I love it. I'm like, yeah, we, we are all saying similar things, it, it, meaning that that the gospel isn't just believing that God is real, to go back to what we said earlier. It's mm -hmm. not just believing that God is real. It's not just believing that Jesus was, you know, quote, different than other people, which is one of the things you basically the deconstructionists are basically saying. Jesus was different because he was just such a great man. Yeah. I mean, they're not really saying anything all that different than what maybe a Muslim would say about Jesus, you know, like, yeah, he may have even been some sort of prophet and good teacher, but he's not necessarily the savior of the world. So the deconstructionists are, they're all kind of all over the place. Mm. And I'm meeting Christian people from the Arminian, you know, world, from the Baptist world, from my world, which is the reform world. And, um, just all over the place. And we are all kind of saying similar things. And so I kind of feel like Skillet's role is to be that voice in, in, in the arts, you know? Yeah. So there's not a lot of us maybe, and that's not patting myself on the back. There are others by the way, but, mm -hmm. but there aren't necessarily a lot. And the truth is, is it does come with a price. Yeah. And uh, in a similar way, I could look at myself almost like, not in a braggy way, in an honest way. In fact, this is supposed to be the opposite of bragging, by the way, almost like Dave Chappelle, like Dave Chappelle's taking a huge stand right now yeah, in, in his world saying basically, and, and when I say that, I'm not saying that I'm not endorsing I, anything Dave Chappelle right. says. Okay. But the point is, is that he's kind of like the lone guy yeah. putting it to Netflix, putting it to the woke culture and in, in his little world. But the truth is, is that Dave Dave Chappelle doesn't have a lot to lose. I mean, he has everything to lose, but he's already made it. You know what I mean? He's not going to be, he's not going to be poverty stricken. He's not going to be thrown out. You know, if, if his career ends today, Dave Chappelle is going to be fine. Right. And in a similar way, that's where Skillet is at. If my career ended today, I, I'm fine. I'm not destitute. My kids are older. I've got nothing to lose in terms of that for, hmm. for the greater picture. 
there are a lot of Christian musicians that if they say what I say, they're they're done. Yeah. Their career is done before it even began. And they feel God's called them to say something. And so they're trying to say, well, how can I do what God's called me to do when it's going to literally end my career? Yeah. And so I'm trying to be a, a, a voice for them that says, hey, you know what? I, I can stand losing a little bit because I've already been there. I've already done it. And uh, yeah, I have something to lose, but not as much as they do. And I'm trying to encourage those people to see that even if you do lose everything, even if Skillet does lose everything, what good is it to gain the world right. but lose your soul? That is the moment that we are at. It's not like it used to be 20 years ago. We are at a, a real, I believe, impasse. I mean, this is a full-on cosmic tug of war that is happening right now in our country. And if we lose, it's going to be devastating, not just for Christians. It's going to be devastating for the world because the world, uh, non-Christians in America don't know. They don't know how bad things will get for them if they get what they want. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. It's sort of like the, the Russian revolution, you know, people, they fought for it. They didn't know how bad it was going to get. Until now, guess what? Your family is starving, yep. you know, or what have you. Yep. It will get like that for everybody. So that, that it's real. Amen. All right. Well, let's. Uh, I I know I said we would talk about cosmic justice and Rittenhouse a little bit. So I'll, I'll kind of tie this all together here like a fine rug. Um, which sorry, I'm <laughs> laughing because somebody just said, just someone just asked, why is there a picture of the skull in the background? How does that glorify God? Well, that's John's face, and it's pretty cool. Uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> that's what's underneath my skin yeah. if I still had a beard. Yeah, you know what? I have seen a lot of people that are not thrilled about I, it. Never I crossed it. my mind. I never crossed my mind it was like scary or dark. I thought it was funny. I love but it. I have met a lot of people that are a little offended. So if, if somebody watching is offended by it, it was supposed to be funny. So sorry. It's all good. You know, no need to apologize. Uh, it just goes back to what we were saying earlier. Uh, anyways, so, um, oh boy. Um, so going back to the, you know, again, I read Romans one there and talking about people needing a hero and all that, like to tie this in with Rittenhouse and everything going on there. And, um, so say this isn't about, I'm not this, we're not bringing this up as, you know, necessarily as an endorsement for Kyle Rittenhouse. I will say, I think he was trying to be a hero. He was, he may not have been smart about it, but this literally is John's neighborhood. We were talking like, this was literally his neighborhood. It's too weird to not bring it up. Like they, these jerks were rioting and we're going to blow up a gas station, which would have blown up John's neighborhood. Like, and you know, whether or not Kyle Rittenhouse was smart about the way he did it, he was trying to be a hero. He was trying to protect his neighborhood. This is an, you know, an upstanding young man and was trying to do the right thing. And just you know go back to Romans 1 just morality obviously has been completely flipped uh it's done a 180 you know so here here there's jerks rioting trying to burn down a city and they're the ones that are being upheld as the heroes and the guy that like talking about cosmic justice and the law of God and like objective morality he was doing the right moral thing in the eyes of God um and is being villainized and I, it's just it's a, it's amazing to watch what's happening. Um, so again, just I'm not saying this as just an endorsement of everything that he did. I I haven't followed that closely, but I know enough to know that 
that's kind of what's been going on. And and uh, and I know you, John, you were saying you've been wanting to talk about cosmic justice and and even justice here on Earth uh, and stuff. So yeah, so I want to I want to let you preach here for a minute. Yeah, I mean, well, you're right. It is in my neighborhood, and you know, I I probably take about maybe 10 minutes or nine minutes for me to walk to the uh, courthouse and where it's happening now. Now where the people actually were shot by Kyle Rittenhouse was closer than that. It's probably a six, seven minute walk from my house. So it is crazy. And I think that one of the things we have to remember in this is that it, it, it's when we, when I was watching like the trial, they kept showing the videos over and over. There was a little bit of a, I will be honest with you. My wife was watching it and Corey was like, I can't watch these videos anymore. She was getting emotional, but sure. it was bringing you all the way back to the, this feeling of chaos. And, and that's really all that you can describe. I think yeah. what we have to remember is that when you, when you're in a, uh, a city to where the, the police are not allowed to do anything. And then a lot of people won't remember this, but I, I, I know it because I was here uh, at the time. Trump was president. Trump had called our governor and said, hey, uh, can we send national troops in? Because there was a full night of rioting and burning down cities. People, mm. uh, one of the store owners had gotten his jaw, his head cracked open. I mean, it was all over the news. Trump had called, can, can we send National Guard? Our governor said, no, we don't want it. But he also was not allowing the police to, to do anything. What you end up having is this feeling of anarchy. And yeah. when when you have anarchy, again, there is no neutrality. It's going to be filled. Everybody's, it, it, you know, it reminds me of, you know, back in those days, there was no king. Everyone did what was right in their own right. eyes. Everybody's going yeah. to be like, well, heck, if nobody's going to do this, then then I need to do something. And so, you know, I had I had a friend that that that's a uh, that's actually a on staff at a church that I would not have thought in a million years would do this, but he joined. His neighborhood got, they sent out Facebook messages in the neighborhood. We have to get a group of armed men together to mm. not let anybody come into this neighborhood without checking every single car. So, so they did like a check with, I mean, they had weapons, the whole thing. You cannot come in the neighborhood without us opening up the trunk to make sure they didn't have gas cans. And this is just a private neighborhood. Yeah. And my, my pastor friend that I did not think would go went but he doesn't have a weapon. He doesn't have a gun. He never had a gun. He shows up with a baseball bat, but he didn't want anybody to know. But he's like, my kids live here. What am I going to do? And yeah. so this this sense of of like protection, all of these things were going on. And, and I guess the thing that's really on my mind is that all of a sudden, once that's gone, what can happen? What, what I think Christians, a lot of Christians did without, I think, knowing it because they don't have a system. They don't have a system of what it means to have godly law. Yes. Let, let's just let's just be honest. Outside of the reform community, there's not a lot of teaching about about the law, and there's not a lot of teaching about do we even need to adhere to the law anymore. Right. And in fact, a lot of Christians actually, because we are not under the law, as it says in Romans, right. they think the law just d doesn't matter anymore. Like mm -hmm. the, the, they're misunderstanding, and so they're piecemealing all of their theology. And so what they're doing is, is, well, I actually don't think that anybody should have a weapon and, and, and go 
let's just forget Kyle Rittenhouse. Can we, let's just talk in yeah. hypotheticals. Let's say that I owned the car lot. They would be like, well, John, I don't think that you should go with a weapon and protect your own car lot because cars aren't people, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, but, but the, but the law tells us about that. You can't, you, that you cannot steal. You cannot go in your neighbor's field and burn it down. In other words, property rights actually matter. Exactly. And we know that because of the law. They don't understand all of these things. So they're, they're piecemealing each little thing like, well, I don't really think that you should do that. Well, I don't really think you should do A, B, or C, or D, but there's no system. And what I think a lot of Christians have gotten their heads into is a philosophy of the world. And I would just call it, as you said, I would call it cosmic justice. It's this idea that in this world that we can get to the end of all things. It can be some sort of cosmic settling of all scores where nobody suffers. I think that that's the definition Thomas Sowell gives, uh, Thomas Sowell, the great you know, American thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his definition of cosmic justice is basically the end of suffering. No one suffers at all. It, it is the very end of the settling of all scores. And as a Christian, we should know that there's only one judge that is capable of that kind of justice. And it ain't me and it ain't you. That is that is God. God is the only judge who is capable of, of having omniscience and omnipresent and knowing, knowing the, uh, the intention of the heart and this, that, the other, that can't happen on earth. And what I think, what I think a lot of Christians are falling into is this idea that, yeah, but because a thing happened, whether you're going back several hundred years into, into slavery, whether you're going back 60 years into civil rights, whether you're going back to last year with George Floyd, because that happened, then it should be okay to allow the burning down of buildings in downtown Kenosha. Yeah. And, if, and if somebody like me says, I don't think we should allow the burning down of buildings in Kenosha, to their minds, I don't love justice. Because when they say justice, they don't mean equity under the law. They, they, mean, they mean cosmic justice. And a lot of Christians are falling into that trap. Mm. And if we do it, then all it does is it, it keeps it impounds injustice upon injustice. Right. So I guess one of the things I would just say, Thomas Sowell says this, but tons of Christian theologians say it, of course, as well, that to, in order to try to enact cosmic justice on earth, you have to have injustice now. It's the only way to do it. Mm. You have to have some form of injustice that says, hey, because of George Floyd last year, which which was a tragedy in Minneapolis, because that happened, then there needs to be an injustice now against owners of the buildings in Kenosha. Yeah. Almost like a propitiation, you know, almost like some sort of appeasement of wrath in order for, for, for people to have like a settling of scores, but it doesn't actually work that way. And the sad part about it is this, and then I'll be done is that, because they have made like Kyle Rittenhouse is a stand-in for white supremacy. Yeah. Even though he shot three white people. Right. Even though that's the case, they have also made the buildings in Kenosha and the businesses also a stand-in for white supremacy. Mm. Even though everybody that lives in Kenosha knows that lots of these store owners are non-white folks. We have, we have a, a huge Latina community in Kenosha. Tons of, of brown people, tons of black people in terms of ownership, but it doesn't matter if, if the owners of the stores were black or not, right. because the stores themselves are some sort of 
federal head for white supremacy in a certain way. So what you can have, and I'll end with this, is that to me, which just blew, blows my mind, you can have white people burning down stores that are owned by black people and the white people are performing some sort of anti-racism even though they're hurting actual actual black people yeah this is craziness this is again this is nebuchadnezzar eating the grass this is all of us eating eating the grass outside and barking at the moon not realizing that we have actually lost our minds and at some point we will realize that's not actually how justice works so i just want to encourage christians Stop losing your minds. Come back to the law of God. Realize that you and me cannot enact cosmic justice. And in order to say that we love justice means we have to love biblical justice. Amen. Whew. And you're doing, you said you're going to do your next Cooper stuff on that? I think so. Yeah. I've taken two weeks off because I was so busy and exhausted and I've been sort of writing a new book and my head's been in it. And I just took a couple of weeks off to get my head together. And, and that, message is what's on my mind so i plan on releasing that on Sweet. Monday. well i i'm looking forward to that by the way if you're watching and you have not subscribed to cooper stuff please do it's i i get real excited when and i get really sad when I, it's a monday and there's not an episode well I'm that's like, not, hey I, yeah i usually get a text from you yeah like hey where's it at uh <laughs> like, what are you doing over there put me in lazy put your big boy pants on and get to work no, I love it. I'm I'm super excited. So please go and check it out, everyone, and subscribe to it. But just to to end on what you were just saying there, I think one thing to add that's important, and everything you said was right on. It's like this, it's 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 a new religion, right? And and the problem with this new religion is there's no there's no ultimate reconciliation, and yes. they still they still they still know that um, atonement has to come through the shedding of innocent blood. Everyone knows that. And that's why, you know, I talk about this with abortion, like uh, people want to murder their, their babies because they worship the God of comfort and they need the, the shedding of innocent blood in order to to bring uh, atonement for, for comfort, essentially. But it's the same same sort of thing. Like they, they need a sacrificial lamb and they're not turning to Jesus. And uh, but there's within this religion, there's no ultimate reconciliation. And here's a quote I, I well, share. That is that's the reparation. Yeah women the reparation is that women were mistreated and live in um a system that is fundamentally against them so to make it up to them yeah. they're allowed to kill their children right right exactly um and there's a there's a quote i always share from my good friend toby sumter he, he always says that as christians he doesn't always say it i always say it he said it one time uh as christians uh we should reject um all invitations to victimhood because we're never truly innocent and we have the perfect victim and and i love that quote and it's it's so right on but we christians just miss that and they want to you know constantly just because victimhood's so so huge right now it's so easy you can be a victim of anything and then you can just use that as your crutch in life and that you know whatever whatever it is and so yeah, there's no ultimate reconciliation in this because uh, the only way you can have ultimate reconciliation is through the sacrifice of truly innocent blood, and that's happened. And so we need to point people to that. So, whoo! Thank you, brother, for being on today. I loved it. It's great chatting with you guys. Yeah, man. Very excited. So, uh, anything else you want to 
<clears throat> add or point people to before we? No, end? man. I just remind people, uh, please check out the new Skillet Music. It's on iTunes. There's two songs out now. The album comes out in January, and uh, I, ho I hope people love the music. And uh, and uh, if people are interested in following Cooper stuff, you can do that. Um, you know, on on, on uh, Apple Podcasts or YouTube. Cooper Stuff Podcast, you can do that, and uh, you can get my book I'm, uh, through there as well, through my website, johnlcooper.com. And you can also get some some banging uh, beard balm from you Hawking at can. you. You know you can. <laughs> I, listen, I'm going to tell you, by the way, sorry about that stupid, annoying little noise. That was me. I couldn't figure out what was happening. My timer had gone off, and I was like, oh. I, I couldn't figure out where to close it. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna promote the hawk and hatchet i so like i'm a i i'm a connoisseur of good beard products and uh have you know had some nice products i genuinely genuinely like love uh hawk and hatchet and it's really great stuff so awesome um, love to hear that yeah that's so cool we just released new products as well so go to hawkandhatchet.com and we don't have time to talk about it but basically i'm a part owner in this business and it's Prod, uh, beard products, apothecary for men and women, but but particularly the the guy stuff is just really cool. It's it's utilitarian, it's military, but it but it, it smells good. It's yeah. just cool products. So hawkandhatchet.com. Go yes, check it out. Go check it out. All right, bro. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for being on again. I loved it. Thank you guys. Have a great one. I'll be talking to you soon. All right, brother. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Later. So, oh man. I just love him a lot. Um, so, in closing, I just want to mention a couple of things. One, as a reminder, we have ReformCon 22. I know it's always a mouthful to say 2022 uh, coming up. So, be we're actually, hopefully, we'll be getting a lot of stuff up on the site soon. Um, right now, it's pretty basic, um, but we're going to be releasing yeah. a lot of stuff. So, uh, keep that in mind, everyone. That's the end of May. I believe it's May 19th to 21st. Um, so, we'll be, be waiting for that. And then also want to remind everyone, um, where it's only two weeks away now, we're going to be in Louisiana um, uh, December 3rd uh, through December 4th in Pollock, Louisiana. We're going to have uh, first in abortion now weekend. So Friday we'll be there. It's free. So if you're anywhere close, please please come check it out. We'll be there starting at 11 o'clock uh, pretty much the rest of the day. Um, so myself, uh pastor jeff uh, zach morgan and zach conover will be speaking and then saturday is uh the founders promise life and liberty academy hosted by our good friend zach lautenschlager um that you have to sign up for but please come check it out um if you're in the area again that's uh december 3rd uh starting at 11 o'clock you can go to uh on our end abortion now page there's a there's a event thing there for that um and as always thank you everyone for your support for an abortion now thank you for your support for apologia radio and apologia studios and all of our podcasts we can't do it without you joy this was fun yeah it was fun very nice i was very like pleasant. talking about music oh yeah hey I I, well that's kind of it's kind of our mo when jeff's not here yeah it it's is. kind of our opportunity to <laughs> do that yeah People people appreciate it. Some people don't. I know. Some people do. Some people, do. Uh, and some people are just in the chat talking about I don't even know whatever. What. <laughs> so thank you again, everyone. 
Like I said, this song, song we're ending with is called Surviving the Game. This is uh, the first single they released from the new album, Skillet. And so I'll leave you with this. Peace out. Yeah.